Hi, and welcome to Enchantment, a Dragon Age Let's Play podcast. I'm Manny. And I'm Brandon. And this is episode 10. 10 episodes into this ten. new season. Episode you, Inquisition 10. Of Inquisition. 10 Inquisition. Replace the, the, the I.O. With the with one the number zero. Ten, just like they did with Marvel Studios when they turned 10. Really? Ten, they did that. Where... Where's an I.O.? In studios. Studio. Yes. Oh, but everyone has studios. So every time... Anyone that's can why, do that. Everyone, not anyone original. can do the 10. Exa- it's not original. I'm not saying... And I'm carrying that that uh, tradition of <laughs> un- being not original when a 10 anniversary pops up. Well, yeah, I guess a lot of things end in like I.O.N. Yeah. But uh, Enchantment Inquisition... Uh, Manny, what did we do last time? Before what we did we last time? Oh, so last time in episode nine, terror struck. We were having a party. Everyone was happy. <laughs> yeah. And then a, kick. A, a, ra- a, a, a terrifying sound from the distance in the mountains. Corypheus yeah. and his Templar friends attacked us in the cold dead of night. Great strategy. No honor. And... <laughs> Which is fine, depending is fine. on depending on what you thought about Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, um, <laughs> we fight. We fight. But it's still tra- more honorable than like sneaking in, which is what you suggested. I suggest sneaking in, but whatever. so like they didn't have a banner. They didn't, and it was like in the middle of the night. So it's like not total honor, but it's not no honor. True. Maybe they should have banners. No one should have banners. Why would you have a banner? Well, they're just like, well, what are we going to do? We don't have banners, but we still have to attack them. It's like, oh, well, we got to get the seamstress. Get the seamstress. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> we need a banner or else I can't crush my enemies. <laughs> um, so uh, we were attacked. Surprise attack. Corypheus, yeah. um, basically bad guy from last game's DLC. <laughs> yeah, he has the Templars. They're all red. They they're have all, red lyrium. They're all turning, over them. They're turning into rock monsters. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, basically we lost Haven. We, we did. lost Haven. There's an archdemon. We I had to Mulan the town twice. We had, we had, we had to Mulan twice. <laughs> we Mulan them in the mountains first, and then we Mulan ourselves the second time. <laughs> I want that to be like it's like I Mulaned myself yesterday. <laughs> oh my god, it's not. Oh, never mind. I don't want to say anything more. I, I don't want to okay. say anything more. Um, but we were caught uh, by the avalanche, and yeah, um, walking in the in the cold, cold uh, tundra mountains. Yeah, uh, and then we were found by our friends who made a camp. Yeah, um, and then we together found a new castle. Oh, oh after a rousing song. After a then, rousing song. <laughs> then we found a nice castle for us to uh, to make a home. And that's yes. how it ended. And it, it was fun. It was a fun trip. It was a... Uh, and it's just a new beginning. So it is. We are This here. is like a, a brand new okay. opening. Like we're gonna we're gonna open up and it's gonna feel very much like the next part is is beginning here basically season one of dragon age inquisition over 
Well, we already had season one. No, no, but now this is this game, is all this of Inquisition. Is, if all of Inquisition is a season, how are you going to have a season within a season? It's 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 in layers, Brandon. Layers. So <laughs> it's like the first. It's the first arc. It's the first arc is done. We we lost. Um, Haven's the, gone. Forever. It was the the mid season finale. Th- that was the mid season finale, and here we are back from our break of a couple of days. to return to the show um and you know haven now totally off the map as it should be yeah it's obliterated no more gift shops no more cultists (laughs) it's been through a lot this game it's been through a lot no more dragon who wanted fig newtons it's no they got an archdemon though they have they there is a new archdemon um but now we're we're starting off we right at the end of the last episode you have the grand music we have a castle skyhold in the in the distance and then it fades to black and we fade back from black and you see all of the inquisition people like with boxes moving in and and we're clearly setting up shop they should have put like a like a u-haul truck <laughs> in the scene. college hunks moving <laughs> Is College Hunks nationwide? I don't think so. <laughs> Just a quick thing. If it's not nationwide, there is a moving company on Long Island called College Hunks um, with College Hunks moving your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, we got boxes. We're moving in. They arrive daily from every settlement in the region. Skyhold is becoming a pilgrimage. We have the walls and numbers to put up a fight here, but this threat is far beyond the war we anticipated. But we now know what allowed you to stand against Corypheus, what drew him to you. He's insane. Who cares? Not more <laughs> chosen one nonsense. No, we, no, he wanted the anchor. The anchor has power, but it's not why you're still standing here. Your decisions let us heal the sky. Your determination brought us out of Haven. You are the creature's rival because of what you did. And we know it. All of us. So we have this little walk and talk with Cassandra. And she's just praising all of our leadership and and all that we've done for the Inquisition. And uh, we get up like a, um, a set of steps. And then it's revealed that Leliana is standing at the top with like a a sword laid within her hand. So clearly some sort of there there's there's about to be some sort of event that yes. or, or something. That, that that someone had to organize. <laughs> right. So what's going to happen is we're suddenly going to be thrust into the middle of like a ceremony. Yeah. But meanwhile the scene began with a bunch of people moving. So uh, is this a, like was everyone in on this? Did they just were they it's in the like, middle of moving and then they're like, "Hey, everyone! Like, we're gonna start!" Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, weird like, to it, me. like everyone came together. Like, um, Zandrian sleeping, and it's like, "Okay, guys, so we need everyone here." Yeah, why is this a surprise? That's another thing. <laughs> it is a lot to thrust upon someone. <laughs> it's, it's just so that he can't he can't say no. <laughs> it's like when you propose to someone. In, in like a, a very public crowd. setting, yeah. It's like, can we talk about the like? <laughs> like talk about our this? leader must be you, Zandrian. Can we talk about this? this? 
No, Zandrian. If you say um, no, you will look like an asshole to everyone here. And you don't want to be an asshole. Do you, Zandrian? Not an asshole to little Timmy it's here. Like a, it's like entrapment. <laughs> like a little boy comes here. You're my hero, Harold. And Go on. Tell Go Timmy. On. Tell Timmy you don't want to fight for him. Tell Timmy you want Timmy to die. <laughs> Is that right, Harold? You want Timmy to die? <laughs> so, why is it so cruel? Um. So yeah, we we make it to the top of these steps. Liliana has this sword, and uh, they start to present the idea of us being the the true leader. The Inquisition requires a leader, the one who has already <gasps> oh. been leading it. Look at this, Brandon. Are you really gonna do it while I'm wearing this outfit? But I'm not your chosen one. What do we say? I feel like being maybe, the leader but, doesn't. Or maybe, but I'm not human, because like we just had that conversation. Yeah, because it is like primarily like the chantry. Yeah, is like the main part of this. Yeah. Okay. You're offering this to an elf. Are you quite sure you know what you're doing? I would be terrified handing this power to anyone. But I believe it is the only way. They'll follow you. To them, being an elf shows how far you've risen, how it must have been by Andraste's hand. What it means to you, how you lead us, that is for you alone to determine. Oh. So uh, the choice is presented, but it's a choice. It's it's an it's not a choice like we normally get in the game because we don't actually get a choice. It's just kind of like. Come on, grab the sword, and then <laughs> and Zandrian grabs the sword, and that's supposed to be, I guess, him like accepting his, the his offer. Role. Yeah, like you don't you don't uh, have a you don't have a choice to uh, not accept the offer and be like, I am not part of this, and like drop the sword and run away, and then like <laughs> just sprint away, and then and then like Sandra's like Zandrian, Zandrian, and as he's running away. <laughs> That would be quite the branching decision. <laughs> and then and he mean, like, it's, uh-huh. and then he like goes into like the woods and sits on a rock. <laughs> and then <laughs> someone has to like uh like Solus is like waiting in the woods and like it's like chicken down. You left them. Why did you leave them? And and, <laughs> and then like it goes into like some scene where it's very like it, it opens up his insecurity his like vulnerability oh but then he like gets talked into doing it anyway yeah and then he walks in and it's like and it's like oh look if it isn't it's like i will fight for the inquisition and everyone cheers. and everyone's like that was weird <laughs> <laughs> they all just they all waited there <laughs> as sandrian has his little tantrum oh my um, god <laughs> Um, but at least it's not like a, like another kind of like RPG or like one, like a Pokemon game, like one of those where it's like, do you want to go on your adventure? And you say no. And they're like, but you have to, come on. <laughs> and then they just keep saying it <laughs> until you say yes. He's like, you it's have just like, to. it's just like, but Harold, you're the only one who can lead us. Please reconsider the offer. And it's just like the same thing over and over. <laughs> it's like, actually, I'm going to fight for Corypheus. And <laughs> but thanks for the sword. 
He takes for the sword and stabs <laughs> everyone right there. Oh, <laughs> then opens up a uh, a freaking rift thing and everyone gets sucked <laughs> into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I thought you were going to say he opens up the fade rift and like disappears through it. <laughs> like, ah, you will never stop me. <laughs> I, you know what? I think... <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be an RPG where you, where one of the branching paths is full on campy supervillain, <laughs> and you could just you could just like and like a bunch of your dialogue options are just super campy and and vile and <laughs> like <laughs> like but you know what I kind of want to develop a game that's like a superhero game in a really dingy city and you could either become a superhero or supervillain. <laughs> I mean they do they there are definitely games like that. I can't think of any, but I don't but what I'm imagining is like the dialogue options are normal where it's like it's like we're do our best or like are you sure about this? And then the third one is just like but what if I told you your mother was still out there? <laughs> and you just have like the campiest possible responses. <laughs> Uh, someone please if anyone here works at a video game studio develop this idea and yeah, it'd be very and, cathartic it'd be very i feel like the world needs games like i feel like grand theft auto is not enough because grand theft auto if, if you're just doing crime but there's no pizzazz to it there's no right there's level no theatricality that you can do no. like, I, like i want some some crazy <laughs> oh, that, that's a real sandbox it's like <laughs> not only can i do whatever i want in the world but i can <laughs> but i can do it in any like with with my own personal flair <laughs> um so zandrian accepts <laughs> the role of inquisitor <laughs> And when you do, you have the option to, like, say certain things as part of your acceptance speech to be like, I'm doing this for for unity, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. And yeah, um, <laughs> that that's kind of where the choices come in here. You know, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> I'm a fucking mage. Thank you, Liliana. An elf will stand for us all. I'll set an example as a mage. Should we do something that's like generic or that pulls from our past? I kind of want to do also an example as a mage. Just to also tie in the mage Templar thing. Yeah, because we've had a lot of people really not being cool about mages. Yeah. Fear running rampant. Vivian greatly They need approves. to see a mage oh. standing for what is right. I'll defeat Corypheus standing with them, not over them. Wherever you lead us. That's nice. Have our people been told? They have. And soon, the worst. Commander, will they follow? Inquisition, will you follow? Yes! Yay! Will you fight? Yes! yes! Will we triumph? Will we triumph? Maybe. <laughs> your leader, your herald, your inquisitor. Oh my god, I did the poster! Oh my god, you're gonna fucking fall off of that. Yeah, that, your Dude, body is, is... way too big. Your body is so skinny compared to that sword. So everyone cheers. Yeah, it's happy. a big rallying cry. Uh, and again, uh, like, we look out into the audience, and it's like, Josephine, like, will the world know about us? And she's like, they will. And there's, there's just, like, a whole bunch of people standing around. And I have to imagine this was an organized thing, but... Yeah. 
And, but and we were they, just moving in. I'm so and, confused. And then they had cake after this. They went and like had like a. It's like good. There was oh. cake inside. Everyone just come. Just like my cake. My cake. <laughs> just I my recreated cake. it. I recreated <laughs> it, but I made it bigger because we have to share to a bunch of bunch of people. I was imagining Josephine's cake to be very personal, and like a regular size cake for like a small party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, this is a much larger cake, like the size of like a of like a table. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, but well, I wanted my cake. I wanted my cake." And then Zanjin's like, "Like this one, you remade it." <laughs> <laughs> and they share the cake together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so everyone's cheering, and at the end here, Zandrin. The reason we say she's, he's gonna fall off is because he's standing like on the ledge of the steps yeah and, and he's has the sword all the way up in the air kind of like um kind of like the box art yeah it's like the box art it's like um it's like sword simba where yeah. we're presenting it to the sky and yeah, it's very triumphant and then the sun looking down and mufasa's looking down on us yeah all happy yeah but everyone loves it everyone everyone is very happy they believe he's the messiah so uh, what could be better <laughs> and, like he's very very thin and this sword is very very thick and looks heavy enough <laughs> so it just looks like he it, like he will just like tumble down <laughs> yeah and as so the camera like pulls out and then you get a shot of skyhold with all the cheering and then the music leads directly into the next scene which is um like on beat, like right after the climax of the song, it's the sound of the doors to like the main part of the castle opening, and we sort of assess like that this is our new, um, and they, our, our new headquarters. And they also walk in like some sort of badass cinematography sort of way, where the silhouettes yeah. of each character comes in, and like right. it's very uh, reason- it's very cinematic. I like it. But Zandrian, like, is walking in like John Wayne goes into a saloon. Like, like, <laughs> like, like why is he laughing? He's the leader, sw- man. Why does he have such swagger now? Because he's so, he, he's feeling himself. He's so happy to be the Inquisitor. Like, he's, like, hunched down a little bit. And he's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm the fucking Inquisitor now. <laughs> God, this scene is going along. Right? I want furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so aggressive. So dramatic. It began in the courtyard. This is where we turned that promise into action. But what do we do? We know nothing about this Corypheus except that he wanted your mark. Mm-hmm. Tevinter is not the Imperium of a thousand years ago. What Corypheus yearns to restore no longer exists. Could his dragon really be an archdemon? What would that mean? It would mean the beginning of another book. Oh, no. We've seen no darkspawn other than Corypheus himself. Corypheus said he wanted to enter the Black City, that this would make him a god. What if he's not wrong? If he finds some other way into the Fade? Then he gains the power he seeks, or unleashes catastrophe on us all. We need more information. Someone out there must know something about Corypheus. Oh. Unless they saw him on the field, 
Most will not believe I know someone who does. We do have one advantage. Very. We know what Corypheus intends to right do fucking next. Here. And, and In Cassandra. That strange future yeah, he briefed her on it. Empress Selene had been assassinated. Wait, what? Imagine the chaos her death would cause. No, in the future. With oh. his army. So after our dramatic walk-in, we just kind of like stop in the middle of the room and start chatting about Corypheus. They're like, but what about Corypheus? <laughs> so it kind of takes the wind out of our sails. And that's where he like straightens up and be like, okay, I'm not badass anymore. <laughs> All right, back to normal convo. Yeah. Um, and as we're trying to figure out what to do and, and what the deal is, uh, Varric comes walking in. Uh, because I guess people can just walk in whenever yeah. <laughs> when the war council's talking. I mean, it it wasn't like this was established to be a like a war like this. They just walked into a building. Like I would probably just yeah. walk in and be like, "Hey, do you, does anyone know where the bathroom is?" Is the ba- <laughs> I was just gonna say, is the bathroom in here? <laughs> is the bathroom in here? I've been holding a piss ever since we left Haven. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so Varric walks in and he's like, I know someone who can help. I'd feel better uh, if we knew more so about stable. what we were dealing with. I know someone who can help with Ah! That. Hi. Everyone acting all inspirational jogged my memory, so I, I sent a message to an old friend. She's crossed paths with Corypheus before and I know more about what he's doing. She can help. Oh my god, introduce us. I don't give a shit. It's better for you to meet privately. On the battlefield. Trust me. It's complicated. Oh my god. Uh, Brandon. If Varric has brought who I think he has, Cassandra is going to kill him. Ho 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 Now why would Cassandra want to kill Varric? About talking about a friend, Brandon. Well, there's only one person that would make her that upset. Yes, Meryl. That would, that would make her throw books. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl's like that demon that demon you're gonna bring her here into <laughs> our new home and it's gonna make everything so disgusting do you remember what her apartment looked like she had a lovely I thought I told you she had a lovely table she had a barrel <laughs> look at this place <laughs> um, uh, but yeah uh, Varric has a friend he has I mean yes. we can we can all surmise who this friend would be obviously it's going to be felicia day (laughs) it's talus actually it's (laughs) talvishan i told you the next time you saw (laughs) oh my god that would have been perfect just just out of nowhere it's like here's talus it's actually talvishan and then, and then it's like, oh, look, we finally like got the like th- that paid off. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, certainly that would have much more narrative weight than than what happens. Yeah. Um. So, uh, after that, we get like a nice, <laughs> like a fun kind of pan out as Leliana's like, oh, Cassandra's gonna kill him, and then we get back control of Xandrian, but this time in Skyhold. Um, and mind you, that entire. Like, the entire episode thus far, and even, like, going to before the episode began from, from the end of last episode, this has all been one string of cutscenes ever since we collapsed in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the like, talking with Mother Giselle, the singing, the marching, and then all of this was all just 
one long stretch of cutscenes. So we're finally in control again. And uh, we should probably describe a bit of about this area because it's brand new and we're going to be here yes. for a while. So we are here in the main hall of Skyhold. Um, yeah. That is just covered in garbage. Just so much garbage. <laughs> um, it's not clean yet. There's like it's wood. It's like wooden panels on the ground. Um, yeah, it's, it's like it. It looks like the like half of the place has been demolished. It's like yeah, there's just garbage everywhere, as if there was some sort of devastating occurrence here. Yeah, and um, it has uh, on like the walls are made of like brick or stone. Yeah, it's like a stone. But then there's a huge like stained glass. Is that stained glass technically? That is stained glass. Yes. Yeah, because it's like stained glass, but it's not. There's not art. Like, yeah. it's just, it's still clear, so, but... So, it's, like, three um, stained glass windows. Uh, two are the same size with one longer one uh, in the middle. Yeah. Oh, and then there is, like, a pretty stained glass one above. Yes. Like, at the top. Oh, it, it is very nice. Um, and then you have, like, a little throne and a chandelier. And even though it's all in shambles, like, as the game progresses, the area gets cleaned up more and more, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so, that's the area we're in now. Uh, and then we're going to try to explore a bit. And we end up in an area called the Undercroft, which is like the blacksmith area. Mm-hmm. And because Skyhold's on a mountain, even though that area is like under the castle, it's still on the side of a cliff. So as we're walking around, that's where we're going to find ourselves wandering to. Why don't we look around first? I okay. want to like enjoy the new All right, place. everyone, let's look around. So l- this place needs a little bit of TLC. Find the war room. Uh, I'm guessing it's right here to the left. Undercroft. Ooh, oh no, this is this is the blacksmith area. What can I make? This is nice. Oh my god. This is cool. This is like under the castle, but it's on the edge of the cliff. Yes, and right next to a waterfall. Alright, let's find the war room. This is probably the most beautiful area of Skyhold. And I feel it like it's really nice. I feel like it's not being used um, correctly, though. I feel like this should be some quarters. <gasps> uh, oh, I just thought of something. What? This could be the lair. <laughs> and like, and <laughs> because you have like, it's like an opening to a cliffside with a waterfall running behind it. And, like and so the light. Yeah. And like stalagmites and, and tights and, and all the ites. All the ites, and you can have Xandrian like sitting on a th- on a throne, facing like from to the entrance, which means all the light is coming from behind him, so he's in shadow. And then you have all of, like the sticking like <laughs> like stone shit and the waterfall. Oh, they, that would be they, so. They menacing. would call this the demon's mouth because it looks like teeth. Oh my god, it does! <laughs> it looks like the mouth of a piranha. Yes, and so. It'd be like, he's here, sir. And then, like, Xandrian stands up with his high collar and be like, hello, peasant. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, it's really a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity this- to have a villain here. I, I, why can't there be a game like that where I could just be a villain? <laughs> I could just be a And you can customize your lair. I, there has to be a game that is like that, but not... Not to the extent that we want it, I don't think. Not, like, like I don't know how far they can go. Like, if you're a supervillain, what's the worst thing you can do? Um. Well, I feel like there's layers. Like, I feel like there's worse things you can... There's things that are so bad 
that they're at a cosmic scale and so they also don't hit hard you know yeah like if you could think of like a vile thing that a person in real life could do and then which is like something you do to a person which is just like unthinkably bad but then you say like oh i destroyed a galaxy like (laughs) because that is so large it's it's like out of scope to ever be like controversial you know what i mean yes yeah. so i feel like it would have to be something in that scale that yeah, way you can yeah. do awful things without it being like weird <laughs> yeah oh my god i i'm gonna do it myself i'm going to do it myself <laughs> i'm gonna make it myself <laughs> oh, oh too bad this called, isn't our lair it's gonna be called deliciously evil and it's gonna be <laughs> levels of campiness that you can be as a villain <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is our area. And then we, uh, we try to find our way to the war room because we have like a welcome to Skyhold mission, uh, where that's like our first task. Um, and we eventually on the way to finding the war room, we find our way to Josephine's new office. Uh, and it it has like a beautiful like books and a fireplace and stone. Like this is probably the nicest room we have thus far and she's already using it. Yeah, she. It's very well lit. Um, has a fireplace. Lovely. It, it, yeah. It, it, no just, windows. It, I don't think though. No way. Wi- oh well, no no no. Uh, I think there's a window. There's the wall. Oh, the wall does have a window. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a very lovely area. So we do find our way there. After this. Ooh. Oh. You got an upgrade here. How you doing, Josephine? This is a beautiful office. The last one was just I've like a little... I've made some inquiries into the Imperial Court. The Court's disapproval can be as great a threat as the Venatori. We'll save the Empress? Yeah, we'll save the Empress. Don't worry, Josephine. We'll protect the Empress, no matter what. I pray you're right. Yes. Mm-mm. Celine is holding peace talks under the auspices of a grand masquerade. <gasps> We're going Every to a masquerade Every power in will be there. It's a perfect place for an assassin to hide. We need to attend this ball. I like the idea that Xandrian really respects Josephine's work. Let's see what this war council room looks like. Ooh, I like it. It's nice. It's much more sunny. So this conversation with Josephine, um, it kind of sets up an upcoming mission because she's talking about how we need to protect the Empress because we know in the future that she was killed. Uh, in the future that we visited. And uh, we speculate that uh, there's going to be something at a masquerade ball that the Empress is having, which is like, it's like a ball, but it's also peace talks with Gaspard because of the whole Orlesian war. Um, So that sets up like what's going to end up being a main mission for us. Um, And then we we get to see the war room once we finally find our way there. And it's pretty nice. It's a, it's much bigger. Well, it's, it is bigger, and it is sunnier because it has windows. It, ha- it has a bunch of um, just like super tall, really nice windows. And I'm realizing that there's this like statue of a bird. Yeah, you see that? I see the there's statue. like a hawk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's very nice. It's much more decorated for, and and they already have it all set up. Considering we just got here. Now, I also have a question about the design of this table that we have here. Uh, Oh, yeah. What is that supposed to be the shape of? Maybe it's just like a weird abstract. Like, I have no clue. Like, is it supposed to match the... It looks kind of like Long Island. (laughs) It does 
looks like <laughs> Long Island. It even has Fire Island kind of like detached on the bottom. <laughs> Do you see that? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it is it is Long Island. And so it has I, the two ends at the end. I, I kinda wanna okay. put a picture of of, of this table next the to a table. map of Long Island. <laughs> a map of Long Island. Yeah. And it looks ex- it looks like quite it has similar. The, it has the two forks. It has where yeah, Long Island yeah. fork. Long Island looks like a fish, basically. Uh, right. <laughs> so And then it even has Fire Island. Because there's just has- like a detached like kickstand or something, but it but it yeah. kind of looks like the the strip that is Fire Island. Also, I, I I'm looking at this and I'm wondering, did they like pack up these little figurines before they ex- evacuated Haven? <laughs> it's like like I could just see like Cullen like picking up the little pieces, like okay, let's go 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 go, and like in a little briefcase and runs away. It's like the figurines. We can't <laughs> we can't leave the figurines behind. You know how much these costs? <laughs> um, so finally we've made it to the war room, but we don't have too much to do yet because there's so much to catch up with in Skyhold. And so uh, as with most like big story missions in this game, you can pretty much always count on being able to talk to your friends and getting like their input on it. And so we take the time to familiarize ourselves with all of Skyhold and travel around a bit and talk to our friends along the way. So the first of them is going to be Vivienne, and she's standing uh, in this, like, court... It's not a courtyard, but it's, like, it's right outside the main entrance of Skyhold. Mm-hmm. I don't... What, what would you call this? This is... This is, like, the... I don't even know what this would be called. Level 2? It's just, like, the... It's just, like, the front porch. Like... <laughs> The front porch. Because it's like know. grassy and there's like buildings. There's like a tavern and stuff. But it's not. But it's. I don't it's know like the, what. There's like the town square. Maybe that's what it is. I'm going to call it the square from now on. And uh, and Vivian standing there among among other people. Vivian. Oh. How are you feeling? Look at this. It was a mistake to use Haven as a base of operations. The town was completely indefensible. I didn't choose Haven. Cassandra and Liliana did. Accepting a bad choice blindly is hardly a virtue, darling. You left yourself vulnerable to attack. It was a miscalculation, one that I'm sure you won't repeat. You can become the leader the faithful require, but you must do it soon. Okay. I don't know why she's giving me so much attitude right now. She's giving me so much attitude. She's upset, Manny. She She's upset. She could have done it better. It wasn't my choice. What was I supposed to come? Uh, come well, in you're supposed Herald, to like, realize that it was a bad choice. Well, I. <laughs> well, maybe she should have spoke up. Maybe she could have been like, "Oh, Harold, <laughs> Harold, maybe we should Haven's move." Haven's a bad location. Harold. Haven's a bad location. But you know what? If you don't speak up, then you're not. You're not. This no, was her plan. Listen. She was like. She's like, I know that Haven is doomed to fail, but I want all of these mages to die. Exactly. It, so she I'm not going to say a damn thing. There. She, she was like, <laughs> so she's a betrayer. She's like, yo, come here to Haven. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vivienne said, yo. <laughs> come down to Haven. I have all of the mages here. Just do once. Just kill them all. Right here and there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's she gives tough love. 
Because it's fair advice, but she's she it definitely is, is fair not advice, her but, punches. But she could have, you know, been a little bit more respectful. She doesn't have uh, to be respectful. She's Vivienne. She's Vivienne. Well, you know what? She's not my friend then. If Vivienne can't be, <laughs> if there's no respect, if there's no trust, there is no love here. Oh, that's very deep, I guess. <laughs> is that a thing? I've, that sounds familiar. If there's no trust, there's no love. That's the saying. Yeah. Is that like from something or is that just a worldly? I think that's just a worldly thing. Oh, well, that's news to me. <laughs> or, or RuPaul said it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. RuPaul. He's always saying that. <laughs> He's always saying. <laughs> and remember, if there's no trust, there's no love. And they do their little dance. <laughs> I've never, never actually seen RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I've seen like bits, little bits and clips of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but nothing, <laughs> nothing like, not even like a full episode. Okay. Um, but That's I weird. know, I know of it, RuPaul's stuff. What are the odds that you get like two gay people in a room and neither of them have seen RuPaul's Drag Race? I mean, Brandon, I, well, I think you've been to more drag shows than I have. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's like, I'm not saying it's like highly improbable, but it's definitely more improbable than any other reality show. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, the next person we find is Blackwall, who's like standing right next to Vivienne. Mm -hmm. And um, he's going to take us on a little walk because he's like, I want to check out the ramparts. So that's that's <laughs> what we're going to do with our friend. Blackwall. Blackwall. Hello. So this is Skyhold. Looks like shit. <laughs> Come, let's walk the ramparts. I want to examine our fortifications. Oh, boy. We're oh. walking. I wasn't expecting walking with you. I'm grateful for your support. It's my job, isn't it? Killing I feel like now that he's the Inquisitor, look, now that he's the leader, in spite of it I think all, he's going to be a little bit more, um... The people flock to your banner. Thankful. They believe in you. Yeah. I feel like the relationship he has with his companions is a bit, honestly, more, a bit more clear now that he has, like, a set role in the Inquisition. Yeah. So we check the ramparts. We do. He's like, he's like, we could see Corypheus all the way up here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> It makes it, it makes sounded. it sound what? I don't know why I make it sound sinister, but it's like we could see it all from here. I don't know why that reminded me of um you could shop at five or six stores or just one. <laughs> <How is that? laughs> because um because of the whole remember the old guy when he says it and he goes oh, like, I, I can see, see my house statue from here. I can see the Statue of Liberty from here. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I can see the Statue of Liberty from here. Yeah, that's that's what Blackwall says. And <laughs> There's not much to sink our teeth into here, but I feel like a lot of our conversations with Blackwall are just kind of like, you're doing a great job. Like, I feel like Blackwall's never really that uh, critical of us. He's not critical. He, does he even have, like, any thoughts? He's His just thoughts there. are just how much he loves Grey Wardens. He's just He's like, just, I love I love. I them. love being Grey Wardens. They're amazing. I love Grey Wardens. And then he just Did I mention I'm a Grey Warden? He really didn't, he didn't even say anything like Corypheus is a dark spawn, and I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But, but uh, yeah, it was a very quick conversation with Blackwall. No substance. Just looking at the ramparts, which no. every time I think of ramparts, I think of the Star Spangled Banner. 
Of course, because whoever says ramparts. Yeah. What is a rampart? It's like for you to look. Or the ramparts we watch. And here he's saying like, oh, we're on the ramparts and we can see Corypheus. So I think it's just like this area for you to like overlook your your domain. To be like, oh, enemies aren't coming. Got it. It's just so... Our our national anthem's so war centric. <laughs> Why do you think our country is so loves war so much? It's like or the ramparts we watch, and it's like or the the rockets red glare. It's like oh my god, it's so like fabulous. But we're the literally bombs like bursting glorif- in air. Yeah, we're like glorifying rockets and bombs. I don't know. Like, like like if you really think of the imagery of the Star Spangled Banner and the it's like this war zone, and then the the thing that's left. Uh, flying is the flag. <laughs> and that our flag was still there. Well, what else wasn't there? It was all de- it was all obliterated by the bombs. Annie. It's it's just like it's pretty dark, especially when you consider like America's all about freedom and stuff. Like you could have the lyrics be about like, oh my god, America, we're so free and I love it. But it's like specifically about the fighting. It's specifically <laughs> a battle. It's a it's a battle. And yeah. No mention of like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the bombs person gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. There's no, there's no dead bodies. There's no, there's no. Well, no, but the flag is still there, which I think implies that everything that was there is it's no obliterated. Longer. Is no longer. So all the soldiers are dead. Well, it's the land of the free, and the home of the brave. But it doesn't matter, man. Because here's the thing: like, if like, I feel like the focal point should be the freedom as opposed to the the violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then we like, wouldn't have to deal with fireworks on the Fourth of July. You, you know, to be honest, we, would, we God, would deal with freedom. God bless America sounds like a better. Uh, God bless America. No, no, America, no, 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 no. land that exactly. I love. Because it's it talks about more, the land. Like, it focuses about the positive. It's like from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans. White with foam. White with foam. It talks God. about the the like the geography. Yeah, it has lessons, and and it's like, oh my God, we're so free, and like, and it's about God. And it's about- maybe that's maybe that <laughs> maybe that's the reason. Well, God saved the queen. Is isn't that the British national anthem? Yeah, but do oh, no. they? But do, do they, they have a separation of church and state? I don't know. Well, no. oh, but, I know. Uh, but we but but America has. The Pledge of Allegiance, with that is God in it. So I, do, I really don't think they care to not have God. There's so the many other anthem. American like anthems, yeah, that work better than the actual national anthem. God bless America, uh, America. Party in America. the USA. What? Party in the USA. Party in the USA. Exactly. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we so we saw Blackwall on the ramparts, and then we. Uh, <laughs> Our next person we're going to chat with is Sarah, um, our favorite person to talk to. And she's standing also in this like little square area next to a little tent of ambiguous purpose. <laughs> but she's standing next to it. So, hi, darling. Have funny things about breaches? So, Inquisitor. It's Inquisitor now, right? It really is like. Remember that war we talked about stopping? Full of little badges I can stick with little arrows. <laughs> That's not a friggin' archdemon, is it? Andraste, what does step in? Andraste, not an elven elven god? God? Odd that you'd ask Andraste over your own gods. My gods? 
Whatever. They don't talk any more than she does. Oh. Not like she's supposed to. A magister who cracked the Black City. Then the seat of the Maker? Real thing. A seat needs a book, so the Maker? Real thing. Fairy stories about the start and end of the world? Real things. It's too far, isn't it? I don't know why I just want to plug like the Skyhole rubbish so I can go play. <laughs> but do you believe it or not? In Andraste? Of course. But you doubt what you're seeing you and hearing. It can't be true, true. Even fanatics don't want to be this right. Look, I have arrows. I can make this Corypholus believe in those. Good enough? Oh, you're so fun. <laughs> that was the nicer conversation, though. Yeah, with her. Because I feel like she's starting to be a little bit more like uh, trying to wrap her head around the, the nuances of religion and stuff. So we have Sarah having quite an existential crisis here. Yeah, she's very much like, what if, <laughs> like, what if the maker is real? And what if, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's, it's like a, it's like a reverse existential crisis. Usually when people have an existential crisis, it's someone who is religious and starts to question whether or not God even exists or an afterlife even, even exists. Sarah's questioning whether there is, that there is a God and that fairy tale yeah. is real. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because I feel like in real world, if you didn't believe in it, and then you start to believe that it's real, it's normally not a scary thing. It's more. I guess it's unless, more of a unless you think, <laughs> unless you assume you're going to hell. Yeah, like, like. <laughs> but well, if you're okay. like, oh, like I feel like that'd be comforting. It'd be like, oh, maybe it is real. Like maybe, like I feel like that's a nice thing to believe. It's a nice. But thing in this to case, believe. it's like, oh my god! Like, what if it's all real? We're fucked. We're fucked. Well, I. I well, you know what I think. In terms of their world, since their mythology is very, very dangerous and full of <laughs> of just monsters and death, um, yeah, it is and just a like scary punishment. thing to question. Yeah, it's not like okay, like for us, let's say I was atheist and I I just realized that God was like, well, started questioning the fact that there was a God, and I'd be like, yeah. oh, it's not that. I mean, unless that also comes with Satan being real. And then there being like, a oh, beast no, in the I... apocalypse. Oh no! Yeah, I guess that's scary because there, there definitely are parts of the Bible that you don't, that aren't pleasant. If you're just like, oh, like there's heaven, say... like, that's nice, but like you could also go to hell. And if you, like, if you suddenly like lived a life of sin, and you're suddenly yeah. like, oh, like now I'm having an existential crisis. I imagine you'd I'm be afraid that you're on the wrong end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's, I mean, in Sarah's case, it's more like, oh no, like the she just wants to have a simplistic view of the world. She doesn't want to deal with She God. just wants to, I feel like she wants to deal in the now. Um, yeah, she wants to just shoot Corypheus, make him believe in my arrows. Exactly. So then that's it. No, uh, no nuance. So I feel like she's desperately clinging to her, like, to her one-dimensional view of the world with a thread. <laughs> <laughs> um, um but after we so speak that's her with, yeah that's sarah uh after we speak with sarah um we go over to iron bull our big boy um yeah to just talk with him and this one's gonna be kind of weird because he says he wants to show us something and then we're like oh what do you want to show us and it cuts to a scene that's at night and we're wearing like inquisition like like a 
general Inquisition armor, like that the that the nobodies wear. Yeah. And it's it's very jarring because everyone else has been like a conversation in the moment. <laughs> but with him, it's just suddenly like a totally different time of day and outfit and, and circumstance. What did you want me to come see? My penis. Come on. I'll show you. Crazy, right? <laughs> so large. Iron Bull. My Merc band just joined up. Tanner. I'm from Jader. Well, near Jader. Mira. I was guard captain for Lady Pendel. Signed on after shit blew up at the conclave. Oh, she did say <laughs> shit. Who's your friend? After shit blew up. This is Grim. He doesn't talk much. I'm Grim. Oh, well, we don't talk much, so we shouldn't say anything. Say little. Hey. So, ready to kill some demons? <laughs> this isn't just about killing. We're helping the Inquisitor. It's like an undercover boss. The next empire. The Inquisitor staring down that monster and his archdemon. I don't think the chant of light as much as I should. But you can't see something like that and not believe. Well, Grim and I should find our tents. Thanks for the drink. Don't they this recognize is... me? <laughs> this is just like undercover boss. Like, oh, I didn't recognize you without your pajamas. <laughs> I know every soldier under my command. You don't have that option. You've got a good army coming along. Remember that. No matter what comes next. So I call this the undercover boss scene. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like an episode of undercover boss. I'm just imagining <laughs> Xandrian like talking to the camera. It's like, it's like I understand what it means to be a leader now and <laughs> how people th imagine me and then later on the episode and he talks to the lady is like i believe in you and that's why you're getting a pay raise i was gonna say don't they normally get something like some sort yeah. of heartwarming uh gift but only yes. that one employee even though they represent so many it's does just like uh, just you get you, a pay raise you know what undercover how does undercover boss even work like, like no one could go, can look past the disguise. I'm guessing they're supposed to be, like, what are they told? That they're doing, like, a documentary? Like, what like, are, what are the people who are not in on it that are just, like, the regular workers? What are they told is happening? I don't know. I haven't seen an episode. The, the most thing I've seen about Undercover Boss is the SNL, um parodies star wars parodies with kylo ren <laughs> i've seen an episode or two and it's like like it, it's normally so you have like the ceo or someone and they're dressed up like a regular worker and they're supposed to be like a new person and you like help them on their first day and it teaches the ceo about the hardships of the working people they never did and this they, to jeff bezos i don't know i i think the the empire that is Amazon was beyond the time of Undercover Boss. I think Undercover Boss was around the same era as like What Would You Do and stuff. Oh, like when like like one of those reality shows where they have like a hidden camera and like some person's like saying super racist stuff or slapping a child. That's what would like, you what do? Would yeah, you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what would you do? But I don't think it was a hidden camera. I think the cameras were like in the like there with them. But my point being is, it's like during that zeitgeist of reality shows where they try to have the subjects not know that they're on television. Like it was like the early two thousands, where like pranking. or be somehow unaware. Yes, yeah. Or it's like the. It's like heartwarming pranking. Yeah. And where, where it's like then, a, it's like a prank show but you feel like you're learning something about humanity. Where it's where it's like uh 
like I, well then when you see like some people be like don't talk to that person that way and it's very nice to hear about it or yes it, or it, it's like um what's it called chris hansen's under what the hell is the to catch a predator oh yes yeah yeah that's yeah. the darkest version of this it's the darkest version <laughs> but my 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 favorite part of that version is chris hansen coming uh from the back and be like so sit down and they actually have a a long conversation oh, some of them actually do they're like yeah it's it's like crazy that they're willing to talk in front of the camera like that yeah like it's like wow <laughs> so you're a vile person like tell me about that <laughs> and they're just like yeah <laughs> so weird that shocks me so how does that it boggles my mind how some of these things are on tv there is a television show where a uh a freaking reporter speaks to a sexual deviant yeah a, a, a child and, sexual harasser and they're just like happy to talk to the camera about it like fully knowing that like don't they get arrested at the end they do get arrested. Like, like, they get, like, tackled by cops. Are they just happy to be in, like, the limelight one last time before they're, like, arrested? I'm s- and it's just, I don't know. And, and it's just like, oh, what did you think about? What, what were you thinking you were doing? I think I was just doing a bad mistake. And it's like, you have beer in your hand. Yes, I do have beer. It's like, <laughs> yeah, just- they always, like, yeah. And sometimes they, like, deny it. They're like, I wasn't doing anything. And it's like, you asked, what are you wearing? It's like, all the, like, asked- incriminating stuff on so camera. Asked, and they're just like, what were you wearing? It. And if you could see her naked it's like i wanted just to talk i, I that's all oh it's my like god but look at all these things that you said <laughs> i can't believe yeah the fact that that existed but i feel how would they even do that now with all of like the inner well maybe it's like catfish a catfish is kind of like the non-illegal version of that anyway yeah. <laughs> we pretend to be in the inquisition <laughs> and we talk <laughs> to random people and it's supposed to be like a heartwarming thing like oh yeah. like see they believe in you and i feel like at the end we should have been like you're both getting a pay raise <laughs> you're both getting a pay raise i'm so proud of you <laughs> uh and then after this scene it just cuts right back to where we were when iron bull asked us to to do this in the first place so is this supposed to be like a flash forward in time or like okay probably it's not like it's not like we went forward in time then went back no that's what i'm imagining it's time magic i'm imagining we like flashed forward (laughs) into the undercover boss scene and then we go back to the time we were before, and it's like, all right, see you tonight to do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. I don't know. So in your mind, did that already happen by the time I, we could, in, when, like, we control in, our character and we are all caught up in time? In my mind, it was basically everything got caught up. So this is the next okay. day after that. So it's the next day. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't even. I don't know why, but I didn't even consider that as an option. That it's just the next day. <laughs> no, in my mind, the only plausible scenario was that it was a flash forward, and then we flash back into the present, and it's like that hasn't happened yet. Why would the, why would they do it as a flash forward? Why wouldn't it be like just meet me tonight, and then like you could, and then you meet tonight, and then it's like yeah. the next morning. Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't even consider it. There should have been a day and night cycle, like in Dragon Age Two. Yeah, which it, I actually I don't like. That's not true. Sometimes I don't like day and night cycles. I like when it's um like how Dragon Age 2 does it. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it where it's like you feel like you have to rush to get things done before night falls. So, I, so I'm so i fine without it being in this game, honestly. 
Okay, fine. Sometimes it stresses me. Well, no, not like the clock is constantly running. Like you could choose and be like, I want to be in the castle grounds and certain missions will be available at night. Okay. Yeah, that I, I thought you meant because that's what a lot of games do. Like The Witcher does that and, and just a million games. Yeah. And sometimes it can be stressful. But anyway, um, <laughs> after this, we have a brief conversation with Cassandra. Um, and it's not much of a cutscene, but we do get the chance to talk. Have you met this friend of Varric's Inquisitor? No. Not yet, no. It had better not be who I think it is. I will wring that little bastard's neck. He, who, do who do you think, think it is? Why? Who do you think it is? Someone Varric claimed he could not contact. <laughs> Someone the Inquisition, indeed all of Thedas, desperately needed. I'll reserve judgment until I know for certain. Or I, or I like that they address that that Varric said he couldn't contact Talia. Yeah. And now suddenly he contacted her. Cassandra pretty much reaffirms that if this is a certain person who we may or may not have played as in the past, <laughs> then she will be very upset. <laughs> I just said may or may not have played as, and then like he goes like, and here's my friend. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> hey, I heard you. <laughs> You've been fighting with Corypheus, haven't you? Well, you gotta get out of him. him. I thought I killed him. <laughs> I saw his dead body and everything. <laughs> Whoa, you gotta get out of there. And it's like, Sonic, what happened to your companions? It's like, Tails is, <laughs> Tails is dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do like that they address the whole, like, um, the whole premise of Dragon Age 2 was that they were trying to find Talia. Mm -hmm. And now she's, like, here. But the whole thing was that, like, Varric... It ended with Varric being like, I don't like I I would tell you where she was if I could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, my friend's here. I guess when Corypheus showed up, it's just like, OK, I can't keep up this lie. Shit's getting very real. Yeah. Um. So I, I do like that that little nugget of an inconsistency was addressed and it's yeah. it's going to be given like a reasoning. Um. So that's Cassandra. Like before, by the way, she's standing next to these like training dummies. Yeah. That's just her go-to. Because last time, wasn't she also by training dummies? It's because when she's angry, Brandon, she likes to hit stuff. Yeah, simple as that. <laughs> and that that uh, the stuff she hits might be Varric. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not careful. Um, so... We continue on talking with our friends and we make our way all the way to this like library-ish area. And by the way, um, Skyhold is classified as having like three floors. So the bottommost floor is just the Undercroft, which is the lair with the waterfall and yeah. the open piranha mouth. And then you have the like base floor, which is where like the the foyer is and Josephine's there and this um this like little town square area and then you have another floor which is like upstairs in this little tower and yeah. each and the tower has three floors so like the first floor has solace the second floor has dorian and the third floor has leliana um 
Solus doesn't have too much to say. <laughs> so we go to the second floor and talk to Dorian in this little library area. One moment you're trying to restore order in a world gone mad. That should be enough for anyone to handle, yes? Uh. Then, out of nowhere, an archdemon appears and kicks you in the head. What? You thought this would be easy? No, I was just hoping you wouldn't crush our village like an anthill. Sorry about that. Archdemons like to crush, you know. Can't be helped. Am I speaking too quickly for you? Uh, We're all know. frightened. Oh, not, uh, I feel like Dorian talks like a showman. You don't need to worry yeah. about me. I can keep up. Yes, I noticed that. If you were a slack-jawed yokel, you'd already be dead. <laughs> I always assumed the elder one behind the Venatori was a magister. So did I. But this is something else completely. <laughs> In Tevinter, they say the Chantry's tales of magisters starting the blight are just that. Tales. But here we are. One of those very magisters. We only know what Corypheus claims to be. True. He might be a convincing liar, or delusional, or insane. But how many delusional maniacs are going to have that knowledge? He broke open the Fade. Not to mention I have idiot countrymen who would happily follow him down that path again. No one will thank me, whatever happens. No one will thank you, either. Mm -mm. You know that, yes? Um, Nobody knows that. <laughs> we don't know what will happen. Nobody does. An optimist. <laughs> Such a rare breed. I've stumbled upon a unicorn. So this is a very interesting conversation with Dorian mentioning that Corypheus mm -hmm. is a uh, magister from Tevinter thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because this is like, this is his uh, culture. This mm -hmm. is his people that are supposed to be like the cause of all of this. So he, he, his people are evil. All Tevinter <laughs> people are evil. <gasps> Well, the supremacists from his nation are are backing him, like you said. His idiot countrymen are exactly. following Corypheus through this, so I, I, I can't imagine he's proud of that. I don't understand, Tevinter. I really don't. How can anyone good come from there? They love their magic. They love their oppression, and they have a totally different like chantry. Because he said that that the Tevinter chantry rejects the like what the the um this chantry says about um how the magisters went into the fade and that caused the dark spawn they say it's all a lie they're like that's not true they don't acknowledge that part because mm. th if it were the case then Tevinter is to blame for the dark spawn and they're like we yeah. don't want that but yeah, then here like is Corypheus who is claiming to be one of those people and they follow him so it's like how can it be false but then this guy's right here and you're like you're not calling him a liar you're actively like siding with him Brandon, Brandon, after the world that I've lived in for 29 years of my life, <laughs> it makes sense. It just, it, I, I don't, it, it makes sense. I've seen shit like that happen in our, in our world, so it doesn't, it, people are stupid. Yeah, the writers of this game were pretty clairvoyant. Yeah. They're like, but why would these supremacists follow him <laughs> if he's clearly contradicting their, their beliefs? Well, mm -hmm. that's because they are. <laughs> so that's what he has to say. And it's it's very interesting. Um, but thankfully, Dorian's not one of them, Manny. He's a good he's one. He's not. He's a good boy. He's, he's a good boy. He's very, um, he's still theatrical through it all, too. Yes. But 
<laughs> but that's Dorian. He's he, he's gonna stay in this little library of his. He's gonna read, talk about. It's his very mustache. cozy. It is very cozy. <laughs> you know, his mustache is one of the rare mustaches that doesn't bother me. In life or in the game? In life, really? Like on him? Yeah. I'm not a huge mustache person. I'd much rather a full beard. I'd much rather a full beard too. But uh, and and he has like the little patch. That's that especially is not it for me. It's the patch. I don't like I don't like little patches. No, that bothers. But he gets me. away with it because it's a video game. Yeah, but I'm on to you. I've I've seen <laughs> hot men entire look ruined by a little patch. Yeah, I feel like when people for me and my tastes. When I think someone looks good and they have a mustache, it, it's, it's in spite of the mustache. <laughs> it is not the mustache is not an aspect of it that that uh that I would would prefer. Mm-hmm. But it's not impossible. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah, it's not as bad as uh I don't know. I was I was gonna like say a something that, like a mullet. Like you got um, a mullet, you're just no. Get away from me. <laughs> But, and I'm sorry to any of our listeners who have a mullet. I'm sure you're beautiful. It's just just, mullets aren't in our taste. There are people who love mullets, and I'm proud that you love mullets. I'm happy that you love mullets. You should be proud of yourself and love yourself in your own, uh, in your own body. Yes. And, and, and under your own mullet. And under your own mullet. I just am not a fan of mullets. But that doesn't mean I'm not a fan of you. Anyway, so that's our convo with Dorian. I feel like we keep going on these random tangents that have nothing to do with anything. I know. This has been it's a, like, oh, a very... like, why are we talking about mullets? Because Dorian has a mustache. Like, why are we talking about <laughs> whether or not the national anthem should have God in it? Because we, we looked at the ramparts. It's, like... <laughs> it's such a tangent episode. Yeah. I feel like it's because a lot of these conversations aren't offering too much new information. It's just kind of like, yeah. and even then it's not like, like they have their opinions on things and I appreciate like catching up with them. And I feel like I understand them a little bit more, but it's not too much to sink your teeth in. You yeah. know, it's, it's just, it's just an update. It's just nice. Yeah. It's like an update. Uh, so after this, we talk to Liliana and she's up the steps from Dorian and she's in this kind of like watchtower looking area with like crows and stuff. It's a very interesting location. This is her Um, lair, her, her crow's lair. Yeah, this is her lair. And, uh, when we talk to her, we get this quick scene of Cullen handing her the names of the people who were lost in the the fight at Haven and we chat about that a bit. I'm sorry. For what? Oh. So am I. What happened? They never That f- was solemn. They could never The f- names of those we lost. Oh. You must blame me for this. I blame Corypheus. Yeah. We all saw who attacked us. She looks so sad. I keep wondering if I could have done something different. When the first of my lookouts went missing, I pulled the rest back, awaiting more information. I was afraid to lose my agents. And instead, we lost Haven. Our men are not disposable. Right. Our people aren't tools to be used and discarded. Your instincts were right. Oh, Liliana. I feel like most of Liliana's, like, conversations always have to do with her being, like, struggling between being harsh and cruel 
and being like heartfelt, you know? Like she, I feel like there's a lot of anger in her right now. Yeah, because we always, because we know that, you yeah. know, she was very close to Dorothea yeah. and all that. So like, she's very hurt. Um, And also just, she's part of the Chantry, so she can't necessarily be not empathetic but i also that's also liliana liliana is very is an empathetic person yeah right but she also has the capacity to be like cutthroat and conniving and and scheming so she took a man's underwear and put it on another man yeah see that's the level of villainy (laughs) that would go in in whatever that game was called (laughs) deliciously Deliciously evil evil. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's like you have to grow to your most like you have to go from like oh from, yeah. like stealing candy from a baby all the way up to like robbing a bank and then destroying a galaxy <laughs> yeah you go all the way up the ranks <laughs> into like an intergalactic warlord like basically you start as the amoeba boys from powerpuff girls and then you turn uh-huh. into thanos by the end <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, I feel like Liliana, um, yet another crisis of hers where she's trying to figure out how to approach a situation, but we give her some reassurance that um, she, her instincts to like value the lives of her own agents was still something to not be like upset about. So that's nice at least. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that even though that's the last of our like friend conversations, um, there's still one more person. Yes. Who we forgot about, fittingly. Yes, because he was introduced <laughs> only but a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, so Cole, um, I, I forgive you if you don't remember, because that's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, um, he doesn't, he's not, like, lounging around waiting for us to talk to him like everyone else. Uh, he actually has a side quest. And it's like, where's Cole? And you have to go to a certain spot. And and it's weird because it's framed like you're going to have to go around and find him. But then you just go there and a cutscene happens and he's there. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of weird that, that it's framed in that way. Yeah. It's not like you have to go to multiple points and look for him. Like that, like you would like go, you would click on that and then like Zane just going like this and then shrugs and then goes to <laughs> <laughs> And he like looks left, look right. Shrug, and you do it like five times, <laughs> and then it goes to a cutscene where Cole magically pops up behind you. He's <laughs> like, "I was with you the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we we go to like the little diamond side quest marker, and a cutscene just begins with Vivian, Cassandra, and Solus. Once we get there, talking about Cole. Cole, right, it's, the, it's the diamonds on the other side of this. The diamond. The diamond in the rough. That's exactly what I was referencing to. What was that? What was the diamond in the rough again? Wasn't it like a person? Yes, it's a... It's, uh, yeah, a person who's like from... Uh, like, terrible... Oh, look for coal in this um empty... Where's coal? He's not in this blade of grass. Maybe the next one. Oh, there he is. This thing is not a stray puppy you can make into a pet. It has no business being here. Wouldn't you say the same of an apostate? He can cause people to forget him, or even fail entirely to notice him. These are not the abilities of a mage. It seems that Cole is a spirit. It is a demon. 
if you prefer. <laughs> Although the truth is somewhat more complex. He may call it whatever he likes, but it is still a threat. Demons normally enter this world by possessing something. In their true form, they look bizarre, monstrous. But you claim Cole looks like a young man. Is it possession? No. He has possessed nothing and no one. And yet he appears human in all respects. Cole is unique, Inquisitor. More than that, he wishes to help. I suggest you allow him to do so. I'll talk with him. Yeah. I should hear what Cole has to say for himself. Where is he now? If none of us remember him, he could be anywhere. <laughs> there he is. Predictably, Vivienne is anti-Cole. She, is... she says he's a demon. Yes. Solus is like, uh, you know, Cole is a spirit and uh, he's not dangerous. Like, he wants to help us. Uh, and we gotta talk to him, but who knows how to find him? And this, and this is again, this is like, okay, so now we're gonna start the mission where we have to find Cole. Yeah. But then he's just kind of in the background. He's just like there. Yeah, like he, and, like he's just chilling, you know, doing his own thing. Yeah, he's like in the um right behind where we're talking is this like tent infirmary area, which is also right in front of the gates leading into Skyhold, which feels like a terrible place for the infirmary. Yeah, but. <laughs> But anyway, um, like people could just come in. Like, what if like someone's invading? Just kill them right then. And then. Well, actually, no. It might like, be oh, good. Here's the infirmary. It might be good. You could just like throw them uh, outside. Throw them over the cliff. Be like, up, oh, dead body. Whoop. Uh, <laughs> no, man. You have to have a proper burial. I, I was gonna say maybe it's maybe they're anticipating that a lot of like the people arriving are injured, so they're like, oh, the infirmary's right here. Oh, that's that's also smart. <laughs> I went. That was that was my thought. <laughs> I went straight to oh disposal. Um. Uh. So yeah, he's he's in the background in the infirmary, and as we know about Cole, he like feels what other people are feeling, and so he's like murmuring the thoughts of people at the infirmary. Haven. So many soldiers fought to protect the pilgrims so they could escape. Choking. He has a he has an overbite. I can't think from the medicine. Yeah. I'm dying. I I'm dead. It's very, it must be a very tough, like, life to have this kind of power. To just constantly know yeah. what people's um, thoughts are and how much pain they are in. Especially people going through, like, tragedy. Yeah. Like, this must be so overwhelming for him. Because it it's like, he's murmuring the thoughts and he's like, I'm dying, I'm dead. And as he says that, like you can see the injured person like slump down it's very it's very like a uh, i i can't imagine what that must feel like, like. dark it's just like like do you it's do like, you feel the life leaving the person's body the way i imagine it is he's feeling like the emotions mm. like he's feeling the thoughts and emotions and that's, but it's and like that's really intense you're going through the emotions of like people in their last moments over and over like multiple times i would i would not be able to live like that that's too much that sounds you're already an empathetic person manny but i feel like this is a lot that's too much this is like the magical extreme of this that is, this is what i would be in a magical world and i don't want to be it <laughs> like imagine if cole like met someone's anxiety and it's like oh now he has anxiety <laughs> like i don't know like it's, it's I, I just imagine it's very 
but, emotionally taxing but it's, but it's, to be cold. But it's even more like as an empathetic person, like you can empathize with somebody and kind of, you know, understand their feelings and, and feel a little bit of their feelings. But with him, he's mm-hmm. literally hearing the thoughts. He's he's like hearing their thoughts. He's hearing yeah. their thoughts. He's like, he knows every little thing that's happening to them. And that's what makes it yeah. worse. Yeah. It's it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um and so after this person slumps uh we have the chance to talk with cole and be like are you okay like you seem like you're in distress are you all right you're feeling their pain it's louder this close with so many of them he feels them and he Mm. says what they're thinking would you like to go somewhere more comfortable yes but here is where i can help this is depressing. Brown pain. He just like feels Dry. what people are thinking Scraping. as they're dying. You're using your powers as a spirit to help people. Yes. I used to think I was a ghost. I didn't know. I made mistakes, but I made friends too. Stay and help us. Yeah. If you're willing, the Inquisition could. Oh, fuck you, Vivienne. <laughs> yes. Helping. I help the herd. We get the opportunity to offer Cole to stay with us with the Inquisition. And of course, Vivienne disapproves. Solus approves. Nothing surprising Nothing there. Nothing surprising. Vivienne doesn't like people. He doesn't. And, and she definitely doesn't like demons. She doesn't like demons. Well, you know what? She shouldn't like herself. Because she's a demon. <laughs> Sometimes people can be demons. Vivienne. <laughs> Just say it to her face. Um... And uh, something that I, I have to imagine is an artistic like choice of this scene is that uh, when Cole's talking, a lot of times that uh, you look at him, it's like his hat is kind of obscuring I f- his eyes. I feel like that's just his design, to be honest. Like, I feel like he's yeah. suppo- you're never supposed to clearly see his face. Like, just like, like he has his, not only is his hat covering most of the top of his face, but his hair is covering his eyes. Like it makes him, yeah. It makes him feel, you know what it is. I think it makes him feel more um, otherworldly and not human, right? Because if exactly, if you don't it's see like his eye- identity is yeah. kind of shrouded. If you don't see the eyes, the eyes are the window to the soul. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. But he's a spirit, so isn't he all soul? No, not always. And soulless is soulless. Soulless. So clever. <laughs> Whatever that Whatever means. Whatever that means. But yeah, I feel like I feel like there's definitely some sort of artistic intent to like keep him uh, shrouded. Yeah. It reminds me of Shion from <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that three five eight over two days. Yes. Where it's like when she, when she's like feeling herself and happy, she she like see her face, but then like if she's having a crisis of identity, you can't see her face. It's like, well, that feels like most of. Uh... The organization 13 members and mickey mouse when their when their hoods cover their faces but that's just so that you don't know who it is even that's not e- e- then then why does mickey mouse wear one how does no one know who that is he did d- but does mickey mouse ever have the hood up yes when i think he has the hood up in the in the in, oh wait, he does have the hood up sometimes. And, and, I do remember there being and a he's scene like where he shrouded, has the hood up. and like they even do it where it's like a little bit of darkness with his hood up. To, yeah, like, and you see the shadow the on his shadow face. on his face. Like I know who that is. Who else could that be? Well, maybe. 
Well, maybe they don't. It could be Minnie. But maybe it's not for the sake of uh, shrouding identity a, in Mickey's case. What a fucking twist that would have been if, if, it was if it was Minnie Mouse and you went to Disney Castle and you escorted Minnie Mouse. It was just Mickey in drag. And, and, and then the entire time <laughs> that you thought it was Mickey Mouse fighting, it was really Minnie Mouse the entire time. <laughs> Why would he need to disguise himself as Minnie? I don't know. <laughs> if Mickey put on a bow and like a dress and and would would he look identical to Minnie? Basic if he if you put a bow, some lipstick, a dress, mm-hmm. basically and and did his eyelashes. He would basically So that would be such a dramatic turn if it's just like Minnie, we've saved you and he's like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Well, I think that happened in an episode of House of Mouse where Donald and Mickey Mouse uh, put on bows and everyone thought it was Daisy and Minnie. Oh, there you go. Well, I feel like Daisy's more distinct than Minnie. Daisy is more distinct than Minnie. Like, like Minnie Mouse looks like Mickey Mouse, but as a woman, Daisy Duck does look distinct against Donald. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> so Cole feels... <laughs> other people's thoughts we're going on too many tangents (laughs) this is all because of his hat (laughs) and now we're talking about whether mickey mouse can disguise himself as Minnie by wearing drag um so cole takes out a knife and one of the people in the infirmary is like uh is clearly suffering and he can feel that and wants to help I don't, I don't, there's no way for me to make this transition not jar. <laughs> Someone make it stop hurting. Make her, please. Oh no. The healers have done all they can. It will take him hours to die. Every moment will be agony. He wants mercy. Help. Oh, oh this is so sad. I did not expect this. Let's end his pain. Allow him to... Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, if it's what the person's asking for. I want to stay. That was pretty emotional. So, is he ours to use? He's a party member. (gasps) Look at that! And there we go. Cole stabs a man. Kills him. Yeah. For mercy, well, though. I don't know how he does it. I feel like stabs are slow, right? Stabs are slow. Like you, I feel like a gunshot to the head, whatever. But there's no gun. Is it like a slit? I don't know. I don't. I've never had to. I never had to. Even in Dragon Age, I've never mercy killed anyone, I, I, so I wouldn't I know. I don't think I even mercy killed anyone either. Like in Dragon Age, we normally just like we normally don't do the mercy Usually kills. We're like, yes, we could save you, but I this, this yeah. is like the first time we we're like kill him. Like just do just it. Do it. Help him. Yeah. I mean, you did have. Although there have been other times where we've been explicitly asked to do it and we still didn't, mm-hmm. so, did so we I don't know. Wesley, um, no, but you Aveline? weren't given a choice though. We told huh? we told Aveline to make the choice. Yeah. So I guess that and that was our big like oh like we're different this time, <laughs> but it's like the same exact we like, like so we're, we're crazy. just pu- we're pawning it on someone else. <laughs> now we're just like yeah I'll do it I'll do it again. It's like yeah whatever. Whatever. Also, um, I just looked up and I'm sad now because if you, uh, if you tell him to end the person's pain, there's no change in approval. 
But if you say, give him a chance, Cole greatly approves. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> See, now so we should have just done, so we should have just stuck to our usual guns and been like, don't kill him. But he made us sound so like, like, oh, he's going to, he's going to die in agony. Yes. Well, now I'm sad. Now I feel like we did the wrong thing. What a manipulator. What a manipulator. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> uh, that That's unfortunate, but we still like Cole. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's fine that he doesn't greatly approve of our decision. Um, but that that's the last of our friends to catch up with. That mission ends. And uh, we're, we're going to hang around Skyhold a little bit before going over to Varric. I feel I'm glad we talked to everyone. I feel Ooh. like I, f I feel more about each person now. News from Thedas. Haven destroyed by a dark menace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to do the Varric one now? Of the last course. person to talk to. Yep. Okay, you want to go to him? Um, what, what do you think I'm doing? Aren't I... Going the wrong way. <laughs> oh, I, I sorry. I sorry. Where do I go? That was really nice. I feel more of a connection to everyone now. Yeah, like... it, it's not as like, oh, they're just random people. Who are you? Varric. You got some explaining to do. We meet Varric on the uh like a second floor or is it the third floor we're outside and it's like about it's, <laughs> it's like technically a, like it's like the top the floor yeah yeah it's, it's on like the ramparts on the wall. yeah we're on a rampart yes <laughs> um and uh he's standing there and we approach him and the uh, something pops up yeah giving us two options and the options read um default Champion of Kirkwall or custom champion of Kirkwall. Yeah, so it's clear like there's no hiding it at this point. You have to choose whether you want to go with the default design or make your own. So of course we have to recreate Talia using the Dragon Age Inquisition character creator at this point. Oh god, it's gonna be a while. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> this takes <laughs> us like thirty minutes. <laughs> oh. Custom. Ooh. Do you have um, a yeah, reference? I can pull up a reference picture. I wish we could just upload it. <laughs> like the exact look. Yeah. I know. Now, now here's the thing. So once we get to her hair, we have to think. Would she be sporting the hair that she had before? I think that's how tan she was. I feel like I can't fucking see anything. Because it's dark. It's like way too dark. What, what do you think she would like? have? I think that looks closer to her her complexion. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear her voice. Oh. Uh, oh my god, it's her. I think so. I think this is her. She also just have a different expression. Cuz she she looks very in in this one she's more like in in Dragon Age 2 she looks more like determined, ready to yeah. fight. In this one she looks more sad. Yeah. But we don't know how her expression is going to look when she speaks. Alright. Do you feel good? I feel good about it. What do you feel? I feel alright. I think the voice acting will help. Yeah. Brandon, what do you think of our recreation of Talia? In of Talia? It's okay. I I feel like once she talks, it feels more like her. 
But just from yeah. looking at her, it's like, I feel like it's the best we could do. But I'm not yeah. super, like, I, I don't, by looking at her, I don't feel like, oh, this is Talia, you know? Yeah. Like, looking straight at her, it doesn't, because you, here's the thing. Like, the Dragon Age 2 graphics are completely very different from Dragon Age Inquisition. And also, the facial reactions of Talia in this character uh, creation scene is very dour. And we're used yeah, to Talia either having very monotone looking or very smirk, like very jokey, like has a little yeah. smirk to her. Yeah, um, but this is very like somber. Yeah, like it so I does, think that's part of it too. It does resemble her. Yeah, um, but not necessarily when you look at her straight on, like mm-hmm. without her like moving. Yeah, so we did the best we could. But once she starts to talk, I really do start to feel like this is her. Um, but we have her created 30 minutes later. <laughs> and once we accept, then it cuts to Varric being like, and here she is. And uh, we get for the first time ever, two of our characters talking to each other. Yes, it's it's so awesome to think. Of. Like, I never would have imagined two characters we create uh, speaking with each other. Like in game, in game, yeah. Like I, I it, this has been a a, a very surreal moment. <laughs> Inquisitor, meet Hawk, the champion of Kirk. Oh. Though I don't use that title much anymore. Hawk, the Inquisitor. I she figured you sad. might have some friendly advice she about Corvus. You and I did fight him, after all. What do we say? I've heard stories about you. I've heard stories about you. We have. Oh, I don't know. You did save a city from a horde of rampaging Kunari. I don't see how that really applies. So, then, what can I tell you? That's, that Barry is said Talia. That you fought Corypheus before. Yeah. Fought and killed. The Grey Wardens were holding him, and he somehow used his connection to the Darkspawn to influence them. If the Wardens have disappeared, they could have fallen under his control again. I've got a friend in the Wardens. He was investigating something unrelated for me. His name is Stroud. Oh. The last time we spoke, he was worried about corruption in the warden ranks. Since not then, your fucking sister. Corypheus <laughs> right. certainly qualified <laughs> corruption in the ranks. If you didn't know about Corypheus, I didn't realize what were you Talia doing had such a fucking relationship with Stroud. The Templars and Kirkwall were using <laughs> a strange form of lyric. It should be Bethany, but okay. It should be Bethany. It's your fucking sister. What the fuck? <laughs> it's your fucking sister. Like, I have a friend in the Wardens. His name is Shroud. <laughs> like, oh, the guy you met like three fucking times. <laughs> if, if she's Bethany has the relationship with Stroud, but you know through Bethany. Just say Bethany. I haven't um, spoken to my sister. She refused to cut her hair. Like I did a third time. <laughs> Look at this. It's a mix of how it was a couple years ago with what I had a couple years after that. Oh, Varric, you know. She does love her haircuts. She does love changing her hair. <laughs> so we talk all about Corypheus and the Wardens, and this also sets up what's going to become a main mission of like, what's up with the Wardens? We should figure that out. And our first step in doing so is talking to Talia's Grey Warden friend, Stroud. Yes, not um, not her sister, not not Bethany, not Anders. No, her her <laughs> Grey Warden friend, Stroud. Yeah, 
And I will point out that um, depending on your decisions, this person is different. So, oh, who do, can we can we know? Who yeah, is? yeah. So, so um, if at the end of Origins, Alistair is a Grey Warden and not the King, then he will be this Grey Warden friend of Talia's. Um, Got it. And so, like, we already saw him as the king, but obviously if he's not king, you don't see him in that scene. So you still get the opportunity to see him here if that's his fate. Um, or if you choose to make Loghain a Grey Warden in Origins, then Loghain can be her Grey Warden friend, which is kind of weird. That is... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. I want to see the scenes with Loghain. I really <laughs> want to see the scenes with Loghain. I've never seen them. It's a it's definitely an interesting outcome. <laughs> Cause it's like like what what would he even be like in, in this sort of circumstance? Like it's so detached from how we knew him to be. I hate Orlesians. Filthy Orlesians. He just he just keeps. <laughs> but like half the people him. in the Inquisition are Orlesian. So why would he even be with us? Um so we're gonna get the chance to meet Stroud in a future episode, but um, yeah, that person could be Alistair or Loghain. And I'm guessing, like, um, because Stroud is, like, the default person where he can be this person no matter your decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to just make him the default. Whereas, like, Bethany, like, there, there's a chance that either Bethany or Carver are alive. And then there's a chance that uh, they still die in the Deep Roads. There's a chance that they are not Grey Wardens. So... Even it's a lot. Even if your sibling becomes a Grey Warden, it's still a difference between Bethany and Carver. So I'm guessing like they they didn't want to add two additional like options that have to voice all the same scenes and stuff. Yeah, and then still need someone who can be the default option. I mean, so however, I would have loved it to be Bethany, not only because it's Bethany. Um, yeah, or like either Bethany or Carver, but because it it's a continuation of that legacy DLC yeah. storyline. Oh, that's so you true. See, you do have the Hawk siblings facing off again. Yeah. Oh, so, I miss Bethany. I wish she was here. So then it would have been a cool continuation of that plot. Yeah. Um, and also, Anders is a great warden, so he also could have been in this slot. But again, you can kill Anders, so. And also, he he bombed Chantry, so we sh- really shouldn't be parading. He might not him be met around. with open arms if yeah. they're like, "Here's my friend." <laughs> now, like a- having Anders be in this um, story would have been cool too, um, especially his reaction of when during the legacy. Um, yeah, because he also has like direct experience with Corypheus, whereas Stroud doesn't. He's just kind of like, "I'm a great warden." Yeah, like I, I think it should have been those characters. Yeah, but again, it's like you're because of your decisions, you still have to have some default. Like, what if Alistair's king and Loghain's dead, and Bethany's de- not a great warden, and Anders is dead? Like, well, then what? You know? Well, then c- put it in, delay the game. <laughs> you can't play. You can't play. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we do have this conversation, and um, uh, we get to catch up a bit after this uh, with Talia. I'll do whatever I can to help. Corypheus is my responsibility. I thought I'd killed him before. 
This time I'll make sure of it. Yeah, maybe not just throw a fucking. Oh, let's talk to her. Investigate. It's so weird hearing her speak so many sentences in a row. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm so... Like, normally she just makes a quip based on what other people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell me about Anders. Where have you been? Oh, where have you been? Where did you go after the mages rebelled? I heard the Chantry might be sending an exalted march to Kirkwall to put down the rebellion. But all the circles were rising up by then. We helped a lot of them. Why are you alone? Where are your fucking friends? Yeah. I heard you had family and friends in Kirkwall. Where are they now? Well, the family, about my that. My sister's a Grey Warden. I had my friend Aveline take her as far from Orlais as possible. When oh, that's why she's not here? Acting strangely, I had to keep my family safe. I'm never really happy leaving Anders alone. Once I realized Wardens were acting strangely, I had no choice. We'll talk later. I'll meet you at Crestwood. Oh Alrighty. my god, there she it's is. It's so weird to have her as a character just like around. You know what makes it weird is that there's not a third to round out the heroes. <laughs> That's it's, just her. It's just her. Like, it would have been like, like, I was just imagining a shot of her, uh, Zandrian, and Stevan together. But Stevan is dead. He's dead. Us existing is him. <laughs> we are him in, we the, are him. in their heads. It, because, like, he gave his life for all of this to happen. The true tragedy of Talia Hogg. This is the... This is what came out of it. This, this is, is after the, the tragic end, and you just see this shell of a woman with no friends around. <laughs> her friends are all gone. Oh, Merrick is here, though. Thus ends the tenth episode. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's the third tenth episode. Yes, of Enchantment Inquisition. Yes, uh, and we got a lot done. Yes, we got a lot done. We went on a lot of tangents, and we also uh, met a uh, well had a reunion with an old friend of ours. Yeah, we we met um, we met ourselves. We became <laughs> the leader. The official inquisitor, which is such like a big thing, and also changes nothing at the same time, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, so a lot of like plot moving forward things, but I feel like it's still set up, you know. Yeah, this sets up the next like portion of the game, the new status quo. It's, That's how I feel it, about it. It's basically the start of Act Two. Um, yeah. For and sure. It's, and it's going to be quite a fun ride. Um, we have our big baddie. and Yeah, we know um, the stakes our now. Our new castle. It's, yeah. It's, it's and we even be... set up we even set up the next two like big main missions because we know that there's going to be this ball, this Orlesian ball that we have yes. to uh, protect the, the, the Empress at. And then we also have to meet with uh, Talia's warden friend stroud <laughs> to figure out what's going on with the gray wardens and so it's like all of the upcoming paths that the story can go down are being set up 
And they yeah. then again, they take from the past. You have Empress Selene, who's from the books. You have Talia, who's clearly a big character from the past. So again, like more and more things start to tie together, you know, which is cool. You know what it is? It, this game feels like the most Dragon Age Dragon Age can be. Like, yeah. Because it, it, we're not solely secluded to one country or territory. We can uh-huh. go into Ferelden or Orle um, and discover all the areas there. Um, yeah. We have multiple characters who have shown up in either games or books. Um, introduce uh, yeah. with each other and and you know, you know, like we in a world where we could have both Leliana and Varric, where we could have <laughs> Talia and uh, Alistair show up in the same. Yeah, game. it's very much like um, yeah, the the bounds for what can exist in a single game is like broadening, and I hope yeah. that in the future of the series it continues to draw from everything before it and and broadens and and isn't yeah. so narrow because it. It definitely feels like Dragon Age Inquisition is the standard of like what the series would try to achieve moving forward. Um, So it's very cool. Now, like the scar, the sky is gone. You know, now it's like we have a threat in Corypheus and everything is now drawing from the world as opposed to from like brand new issues. You know, exactly. So it's, it's cool. I'm very excited. It's going to be a fun ride, a fun roller coaster ride. <laughs> with our friends Talia and Corypheus for some reason. And not Talis. And not Talis. She's still out there. Maybe she's, she's not a shop. She's not maybe not yet. She probably oh, won't well, make we her haven't appearance. met her yet. So we haven't met her yet. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> there's still hope. Maybe she'll be in Dragon Age 4. Maybe imagine she's a companion in Dragon Age 4. And uh, I don't is Felicia Day busy though? What sh- Oh no. Like, she she, does she have the time for this? Ah. Uh, I don't think she's that busy. She could drop by. She could be drop like, yeah, by. Yeah, you can use me. Yeah, that would be that would be quite the twist. If like you get a celebrity, because we've had, I, I mean, we already have celebrities. Iron Bull is Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, well, yeah. Well, then I think Felicia Day has time in her schedule. And what we see, no, we have celebrities voicing um, characters, but we don't have characters that look. That look like, like celebrities. Them. Yeah. We've only had I, two. And one we created ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I would I would that would that would actually be pretty funny. <laughs> if Talus was in the next game and it's like, oh my god. Because every game has had a companion that was in a like a previous companion. Yeah. Like you had Anders, you had Ogren, you had Varric, so and the next one would be Talus. And like I think with Talus, it it, it would be I think the effect that they wanted to use with having Felicia Day in the game would look much better now than it did <laughs> yeah. back in the PS3 days. So imagine <laughs> that on PS5, it'd be fantastic. It will actually yeah. look like it will look like Felicia Day. But anyway, <laughs> again, we're going on a tangent. <laughs> oh, uh, you can find us. <laughs> on Twitter and Facebook at EnchantmentCast. You can email us at EnchantmentPodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us EnchantmentCast.com slash Apple or wherever it is you listen to the podcast. You can find us on Patreon EnchantmentCast.com slash Patreon where for $1 a month you can find found footage of us playing the Dragon Age games. And for $5 a month you can listen to bonus episodes of various video games. Um, And you can find us on Discord EnchantmentCast.com slash Discord to enter a server where you can talk to us and others about Dragon Age or the podcast or whatever you want. 
Yeah. And that's Enchantment Baby. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've been Manny. And I'm Brandon. And this has been Enchantment Inquisition. Yes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day in Disney's Cinderella Castle. <laughs>